This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Ots and Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Prey. Eric Scopel is with me on the show as always. We have football. Football is being played on this October 9th of the year 2020. The Oregon Ducks are currently, as we are recording, out on the football field practicing. First practice of the year. Eric and I, unfortunately, because of COVID, we're not allowed in at this current time. But nonetheless, we'll be provided from the school some video of practice, some photos of practice. We're getting interviews with uh, coaches, players after practice. For From a first day of practice, we get Mario Cristobal. But uh, access will be a little bit different this year because of COVID. But nonetheless, the Oregon Ducks are on the football field. And we are going to start going through previewing the 2020 football season position groups for the Ducks. And on today's show, we're going to dive into the quarterback room. Before we do, I want to remind everybody out there that you could subscribe today for $1 for your first month, $9.95 there after that. Inside scoop on the Oregon Ducks, expert analysis and opinion. Read all the content across the 24-7 Sports Network, not just our site, but the entire network. Access to Oregon Duck Insiders like Eric, myself, Kevin Wade, a whole plethora of national regional guys as well, all for $1 for your first month, $9.95 thereafter. That annual rate, you also have an opportunity to save a huge chunk of money, $75.18, build one time, comes out to being about $6.26 per month. So you save over $3 per month compared to the month-to-month rate. Eric, quarterback room. I look at this group. I don't know about you. You can answer this question. Um, but I, I look at, at the quarterback room and think there's two different tiers and guys that are ready made to play day one, guys that have bright futures but maybe aren't ready to play today for Oregon. But both sides, both tiers, I have a lot of confidence in them being very good. I think that's a fair way to distinct, you know, to distinguish them. Um, you've got Tyler Shuck and Anthony Brown, and we should note Tyler Shuck doesn't have the experience Anthony Brown does, but he does have the experience in the system. Um, he seems to have the vote of confidence from the coaches and players from what we've seen thus far. And of course that can change during fall camp. Um, but those two, yeah, Anthony Brown and Tyler Shuck are grouped together. And, and, and frankly, it's those two, those are the only legitimate candidates from my perspective, and maybe we'll be proven wrong. And one of these freshmen is going to be incredible and, and really surprise us, but I would be stunned if it's one of the if it's not one of Shuck or Brown starting the first game. And I think at this point, and as we've established on the podcast previously, like it feels like it's Tyler Shuck's job. Um, we'll talk about that more in a minute here. Yeah, but you're right. Then there's that second group of Kale Millen, who's a redshirt freshman. He didn't play at all last year. Uh, had an injury he was dealing with. Missed a lot of practice too. We should know um, he's still kind of rounding into form. Um, and then two true freshmen, Jay Butterfield, who was here in the spring, unfortunately only had four practices, and then Robbie Ashford who arrived like the rest of the 2020 um, enrollees during the summer. Um, so we've seen a little bit of 
Tyler, well, we've seen a lot of Tyler Shuck. We've seen a little bit of Kale Millen and a little bit of Jay Butterfield. We've seen to this point, zero of Anthony Brown, zero of Robbie Ashford. So we should know five quarterbacks on scholarships. That's a decent number to be carrying at one time. Um, Oregon plus, the last couple of years. Plus a walk on. Plus a walk on. They have six. Bradley Yaffe also with, with the team. Six is a, that's a decent number of quarterbacks to carry. Oregon has in the past carried three, I think sometimes maybe four. Typically, you see transfers from this group, and, and I don't want to suggest that's going to happen immediately, but I think they also have Ty Thompson coming in um, in the class of 2021, a borderline five-star recruit. And we don't – maybe I'm going too far in line here, but I just think at some point you might see these numbers change a little bit as a player might decide that playing time might not be prevalent enough for him and he might have to take off. But, yeah, I, I agree – Sorry to go off on a mini tangent there, but I agree with your your perspective that, yeah, you've got kind of two tiers here. You've got Chuck and Brown. You have a chance to win the job. Then you have the three freshmen. A, a quarterback room that's got a ton of youth. There is only one upperclassman uh, on this roster. That's Anthony Brown, who is a graduate transfer from Boston College, a, a player who, before he came to Oregon, uh, did a lot at Boston College. Started six games for BC last year before suffering a season-ending injury through for 1,250 yards, nine touchdowns, just two interceptions, completed 59% of his passes. Uh, as a sophomore in 2018, uh, he threw for 20 passes, uh, 20 touchdown passes in the season, just the fifth BC quarterback to do that. Started all 11, all 12 games for, for Boston College, completed 55% of his throws for just over 2,100 yards. Uh, and then you you look at just Tyler Shuck's history with Oregon. He redshirted in 2018, played in three games, took an, a total of just eight snaps. 2019, connected on 12 of his 15 pass attempts for 144 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, played in five games, and was given 53 total snaps uh, at the quarterback spot. But optimism is very high. There is a lot of expectations of Tyler Shuck this season as the guy Mario Cristobal going into fall camp has said Tyler Shuck will open fall camp with the ones. Now it's his job to stay there. He will compete with Anthony Brown. Cristobal noted that there are other guys, uh, Eric rolled through them. Um, but none of them have the experience that Shuck or Brown do. Shuck has the most experience within the offense because, uh, Clay Millen, uh, Kale Millen, excuse me, Clay's his younger brother. Kale, he, like Eric said, he suffered an injury last year, shoulder injury that kept him out for part of the year. Um, a, a group in which there are two sophomores, so Tyler Shuck and walk-on Bradley Yaffe. Uh, there are three freshmen, one of which is a redshirt freshman, Kale Millen, but because of the because of the COVID rules, all three of them have basically a gimme year this year. Uh, and then there's Anthony Brown, who also is awarded that gimme year, where meaning if Oregon wants to, if, and if these players, well, I shouldn't say if Oregon wants to, if these players want to, the schools have said they will honor it. But if, if the players choose to, every single player on this roster could return next year, same eligibility, and Oregon adds Ty Thompson to the mix. Plethora of, of options at this position. I think, Eric, the one thing that, one of the things that stands out the most to me is Robbie Ashford compared to the rest of the group. Uh, Shuck is definitively a pro-style quarterback that can move. 
better than most pro style quarterbacks. Uh, but he's a pro style. Anthony Brown is a pro style quarterback. Cale Millen is a pro style quarterback. Jay Butterfield is a pro style quarterback. And then you get to Robbie Ashford and six foot three, 225 pound freshman. Um, I think he is going to draw a lot of comparisons to some of the SEC quarterbacks that have played at Auburn that are the bigger of stature, the Cam Newtons, if you will. To, uh, Florida has had a few of them as well that are quarterbacks that can run and, and are big dudes that can be battering Rams. And it kind of makes you wonder why he didn't end up at a school like Auburn. Um, he's from Alabama. We should note another one of these. Cristobal's done a great job raiding the South. And I think Ashford, you're right. I mean, it's an interesting addition given what the quarterback position has been at Oregon. Um, well, ever since Mario Cristobal has been on the staff, at least I know, under Mark Kelfrich, things were a little bit different, but there has been a transition since Willie Taggart got here. And I think Mario has carried over with Marcus Arroyo, who, of course, was overseeing the offense. And, and I do kind of wonder a little bit, um, you know, Joe Moorhead's background. I think he's a versatile coach in terms of how he goes about things. And you look at there have been years at Penn State where the quarterback didn't run very much. And then there were years at Mississippi State where the quarterback ran quite a bit. Um, I'm guessing that there's some instinct from Joe Moorhead to – utilize the quarterback as a runner more i shouldn't say that there's my, that's my instinct he's come out and said that they will be running the quarterback a little bit more so i think it makes you know it makes a lot of sense that they have a robbie ashford even a ty thompson and i know he's not on the roster he's a very mobile and i know he's a pro style quarterback but he's certainly capable of tucking it and running so i do think you're seeing a slight transition here not a full one it's not like you're seeing oregon i don't think we're going to see oregon be running the football 40 times out of you know, the, out of, out of an option offense. But I, I do think like, and again, this is part of what makes it exciting with seeing what Moorhead's offense will look like. I do think you can expect to see the quarterback run the ball a little bit more. And I think whether it's Chuck or Brown, I think we'll see it this year from either one of them. And as Matt said, Chuck's an athletic dynamic runner. He's not a four, 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 five. He's not Lamar Jackson, but he's also not, you know, he's not Philip Rivers at 38 when I was watching him the other day for the Colts he like tried to roll out of the pocket and basically just fell down in a, in a heap on the ground I mean Tyler Shuck is certainly capable of, of tucking it and running so I think that's part of it and I will be curious to see kind of like maybe it's not this year but down the line is Robbie Ashford somebody that if he's not a starting quarterback I know I've mentioned this possibility in the past will they utilize his legs somehow in the offense otherwise I just think that was something of note to, to, to look at because you look at this, the quarterback room and they're all kind of similar. And then you get to Robbie Ashford and uh, a baseball player. I, he does have pro style traits to him, uh, to his skill set. But nonetheless, you look at a guy and he's just a little bit different. I mean, he, I believe he is the heaviest quarterback uh, on the roster for Oregon going into the year. And, this is a guy that he's he's a little bit stockier than the rest of the group. Uh, his high school film, he runs the football much more than the, any of the other guys on the roster as well. And so I just look at that and think maybe because he's a little bit different and a little bit more unique in terms of skill set than the rest of the group, maybe we see Robbie Ashford kind of be used in a situational development where, yeah. hey, it's 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 – first and goal from the one or first and goal from the two. And instead of maybe you trot him out there 
we saw that with Auburn last year. I, the, 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 the quarterback name is escaping me, but Joey Gatewood. Yes. Joey Gatewood. Uh, but this was a guy in which, you know, they would, they would trot him out there and really, you know, short situations and whether it's first and goal or first and, you know, second and, and one or first, third and one or what have you, and basically go jumbo with big running backs, big quarterback, big offensive line, and really try and, you know, push ahead. And that's a lot what Robbie Ashford's, you know, comparison is. Uh, you'll go to his player profile page. John Garcia Jr. of 24-7 Sports ranked him as uh, a, a day three draft pick and in comparison of Joey Gatewood at Kentucky. Um, powerful arms, you know, three three-quarter delivery, strength to all three levels from throwing the football, but also an effective runner. So maybe something to watch there. But let's look at this quarterback battle. I think I said at the top, you agreed with me. This is Shuck versus Brown, uh, mm-hmm. sophomore versus senior. Uh, Mario Cristobal is, has kind of, without really going out full bore and saying that, that's kind of hinted towards where we're going. Um, what, what would it take for, for Shuck, and what would it take for Anthony Brown to win the job, you think? It's a tough question to answer, but I think certainly with Shuck, and we mentioned this a couple of days ago when Mario came out, and I guess it was Wednesday, and, and said he's going to get the first reps with the with the first team. And I think it's going to take Shuck just straight up not being, not looking like he's capable of handling this job. And I, I think, I, I don't think it's going to be between the ears with him because everything we've heard is he is an incredibly charismatic leader he's somebody that can take control of a room I think that was a direct quote from a from Joe Moorhead a while ago of, of like one of the f- first things they look for in a quarterback is the ability to kind of win over a room um, and to garner everyone else's respect and that was a thing that he said he saw like almost instantaneously with Tyler when he arrived here and so I, I kind of I'm, I'm taking those words and saying okay I don't think this is going to be mental I don't think this is going to be the way he leads the team, it would maybe just be Anthony Brown is just straight up a better quarterback. Anthony Brown is more dynamic as a runner. Maybe, maybe he's, maybe Anthony Brown has a better arm than we're giving him credit for. And he's actually going to be more impressive as a passer than what Tyler Shuck can do. Um, maybe it becomes a situation where it's just, Hey, we've got very little room for error this season. And we think right now, Anthony Brown gives us a better chance to run the table than Tyler Shuck does. I don't believe these things to be true. But these are the kind of conversations I think Mario Cristobal, Joe Moorhead, you know, Jim Mastro, the rest of that offensive staff would probably need to be having in order to go with Brown over Shuck because as they've established, as I just established, it seems like Shuck kind of checks all the boxes. I mean, everything we've heard, and again, there's unfortunately this is going to be far and away the the least covered quarterback battle we've seen since since we've had open practices. Obviously, Chip Kelly and Mark Helfrich, limited amount of visibility to watch those practices but ever since like Taggart and Mario Cristobal have been here we've been able to go out and watch practices well we're not going to get a chance to do that so some of this how they're actually the eye test of how they're actually performing in practice is going to be lost on us until we see them in a game but I think I think for me it's the only way I can really see it not being Tyler Shuck's job is if straight up Anthony Brown is, is just better and Anthony Brown it gives them a better chance to win because I think Shuck has all the intangibles not just to be a great starting quarterback for Oregon in 2020 but to be that in 2021, 2022, and I, I guess you can throw 2023 in there now, um, given the, the new uh, the, the rule we just mentioned um, about 
you know, this being kind of a gimme year. So um, I don't know. Do, do you agree with that? I mean, do you think what, what, what would what, like, what's your answer to that question? Like how, how would you see this maybe not go Tyler Shucks way? Because I think for this entire off season and really since January, when Oregon won the Rose bowl, we've kind of been like on the Tyler Shucks going to be the starting quarterback. Like what, what would you need? What, like, what would you expect to see to, I guess, change that mindset? I think if, if you look at the offense and they, you know, the first few weeks of the, of, of camp, or maybe it's the first game of the season. Um, you look at the offense and how they're moving, how efficient, how efficient are they when they are playing? And cause they're going to scrimmage multiple times, I think against each other. We, we typically see Eric, what three scrimmages in fall camp um, during a normal year. Yeah. Um, something like that. It, it wouldn't surprise me if those scrimmages numbers maybe increase to four, maybe to five. Um, and maybe they're not full length scrimmages like they normally would. Uh, but I, I think we're going to see more or we're going to hear more about game-like situations because they've got to be able to get guys going and ramped up and into a groove. And so I, I think, it, and here's the other thing. The staff also has to have a tighter leash on whoever is the starting quarterback, uh, your your patience to let a guy kind of work through his rust or his mistakes and learn has to be shorter because there are fewer games and the margin of error is greater. So you be you have to be able to go out there and put out you know the most confident lineup that you can. And if 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 Tyler Shuck maybe after one game is is just bad it wouldn't surprise me if game two, there's a change at quarterback. Maybe they, they survived the win, uh, the game. And he's really bad though. Like I'm talking like maybe 14 of, of 32, one touchdown, two interceptions, you know, a, a completion percentage is under 50% or just around 50%. And, you know, he doesn't throw for, for more than, you know, 200 yards. And, uh, you know, he throws more picks than he throws touchdowns and uh, gets sacked and, and just bad throw after bad throw. Uh, you know, and they, they somehow grind out a, a, it's like a, let's say like a 24 to 21 win. Um, I, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if week two uh, against Washington state, there's a new quarterback for Oregon because just the margin of error, you can't afford, Hey, you know what? Like we're going to grind away and, and we're going to find ways to win because at the same time we, we've got 11 more games in the regular season. Eventually things will click. Like you, you have to go. You have to be able to go now at, at your highest level. So I think what would change my mind if Sheck wasn't the guy is if he doesn't show the overall command of the offense. If he's struggling to make reads, and someone below him, if that's Anthony Brown, is is processing things well. The offense seems to just be smoother with him at quarterback. Um, if neither guy is really showing out and, and playing above the other one. Uh, then I think that just kind of defaults to Tyler Shuck because he's the younger guy. I, I always believe you roll with the younger guy in that type of a situation just because, you know, maybe this year he doesn't click, but because he gets seven starts and maybe eight because of a bowl game, uh, tw the 2021 season, and he, he will be better off because of it. Um, I'm having a hard time, though, really coming up with, like, something that's really definitive that tells me they're – you know, Shuck's going to lose the job. Like, I think he's going to have to be really bad to, to 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 lose grip of the quarterback spot. Or Anthony Brown is just going to have to be just absolutely prolific. Like, 
you know, the second team offense goes out there against the second team defense and they score majority of the time they score touchdowns uh, and not field goals. And the big play is there. Like, like I don't want to use this analogy cause it's NFL and it's a little bit different, but, and I don't think Tyrod Taylor is, is Tyler Shuck. I don't think they're in the same, you know, viewpoint like lens you know the chargers were looking at tyrod taylor of the chargers this year to be kind of the holdover guy until herbert got himself up to speed by next year yeah. so then herbert could be the, the quarterback that's not the that's not the, the approach kind of, with, it's kind of the inverse it's kind of yeah the it's kind of the inverse <laughs> um but like if like when we go back to that chargers game week one the offense was just putrid and they couldn't really move the ball and they were very vanilla and then when he when Tyrod Taylor got hurt and Herbert was thrust into the the offense, it was like, whoa, this is different. He can throw the ball down the field. He can push the ball vertically and horizontally. He's making plays that Tyrod Taylor just physically couldn't do or, or just wasn't doing. I think that's what's going to have to be required of Anthony Brown to take this job. You know, it it be clear cut as day that he's the better quarterback. I was going to say, I think the more I think about it, the most likely way it's not Tyler Shuck is if just Anthony Brown is really good. I, I would be really stunned if Tyler Shuck is just completely, like, if he's just terrible. I, I would really right. be surprised by that. I mean, that, that would go against everything everyone has said, you know, both publicly and behind the scenes. Um, it would go against, frankly, what we saw in practice and what we saw even in, I know it was limited game opportunity, but you read through the stats earlier. I mean, he was very he was effective, efficient. very effective, yeah, in limited game opportunity. Um Really quick, it's going to be a new starting quarterback either between Shuck and Brown. They wanted to like talk expectations on like, I guess let's just say it's Shuck since that's kind of the way we're leaning. Sure. Like what's a, what's a real what's a realistic expectation? Because I think those listening are probably, I know there's and we and we play playing a role into hyping up Tyler Shuck because we certainly have have been leading the the charge there in terms of we think he's going to be very effective, but like he is going to open his career against Stanford. And I know Stanford just lost their top defensive back and that's Paulson at Abo. He decided to opt out. And now they've got a lot, a number of other players that are not on the roster that could be, and other defense wasn't awesome last year, but like week one against Stanford. And I know we both have put out our predictions that Oregon's going to win that game. You can go check out all our prediction stories on the site. Those have been going up this week, but um, like, w- like what's reasonable for a Tyler Shuck debut? Like, are we expecting him to, to come out and just blow the doors off? Or I mean, or does that feel like too high of an expectation? It's a good question. Um, I, I think I go back to like maybe Herbert's sophomore year, his campaign. Um, I look at that. I think that Oregon team was, was going to be kind of similar to what we're seeing with, with Herbert or with Oregon this year, that sophomore group, they got some good running backs. Uh, there's some optimism with the receiving core and there's certainly some hope with, uh, the receiving group and the tight ends, and there's positive, you know, mojo, if you will, with with the quarterbacks. Um, his Herbert's first game in, in 2017, he was 17 of 21 for 281 and one touchdown. Um, he didn't throw an interception. He didn't have a fumble. Um, he had four rushing yards for or four attempts, four rushing attempts for 12 yards. Uh, I go back to like, you know, Herbert's sophomore year in which he was completing like 67% of his throws. I I think 
maybe not that high for Tyler Shuck, but like from a year perspective, like I look at him and think this should be a guy that probably throws high 2000 low to mid 3000 yardage, um, you know, flirt somewhere between 25 and, and 35 touchdown passes. And, and on a, the best case scenario, he throws maybe four or five interceptions. Um, the worst case scenario, he, he, he throws, you know, six or, or, you know, not six, but like eight or nine, maybe 10. And I just realized I ran through those stats thinking it's a, a 12 game season. I was um, going to say, those are some incre- <laughs> incredible statistics for Tyler Shuck. Talk about raising the expectation. He's going to average like 700 yards. Uh, but that, that's like a 12 game season. Um, yeah. 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 You know, totally. Type of a deal. Maybe, maybe where he's not the best quarterback in the league. Um, I think that's going to be Jaden Daniels or, or Keaton Slovis, Same. but he's maybe that that top quarterback of the second tier within the league. Yeah, I was I was it's funny. I actually pulled up Justin Herbert's uh, stats here to kind of just look like what he did as a freshman. It was a different situation because he was literally just like thrust into that starting job back in 2016. Um, his first opponent was Washington and, and we know how that game went. That's that was not, not a it wasn't really his fault. It was just Washington was a lot better and Oregon was not very strong that year. But like even over the course of an eight game season, he had 19 touchdowns and four picks, um, 63 percent on his completion percentage. That's Justin Herbert in eight games in 2016. And obviously they're, they're talking about eight games this year. So, I mean, and you run through those stats and, and that's the eight games there. And, and that's a, what they're saying. A PAC 12 team will play this year, six regular season, the seventh game, either in the conference championship game or the day later against the equivalent in the other division, plus a bowl game. So like, I, I don't think it's, and now Justin Herbert, again, different, he entered a different situation, but I don't think it's like incredibly crazy to suggest that like, Tyler Shuck could have 16 to 20 touchdowns in an eight game season, four to eight picks and a completion percentage, not far off. Justin Herbert's like, I, I don't think it's crazy to think he can't, that he could replicate sort of what Justin did back in 2016. And I think if we're and obviously for being honest, like Justin, the offense Justin had then was nowhere near as talented as what Tyler Shuck is walking into now, which is maybe the reason you'd say those numbers maybe don't even do justice of what Tyler Shuck can be because he's, he's got, he's got really a lot of talent around him. I know the offensive line is banged up, but like you look at receiver and you look at tight end and running back and he's certainly like the cupboard's not full. I'll put it that way. I look at the second group, the second tier here um, with Jay Butterfield and Kale Millen and Robbie Ashford and Bradley uh, Yaffe and think what what is the mission in 2020 out of this group? What what is an ideal play out for Oregon as a staff and individually for these guys? What should be the goal? Because I think it's obvious, like Oregon's going to play Tyler Shuck, and they're going. To, I I feel we're going to see both these quarterbacks. Uh, they're going to because look, it's it's there's seven regular season games. We're playing during a pandemic, and you could all of a sudden find out on Friday night or Saturday morning when Tyler Shuck goes in to take his COVID test, let's say he wins the job and he goes in before a game to take his COVID test. He all of a sudden tests positive and he can't play for two weeks and you are in the thick of a playoff race like that. That's going to happen at some school across the country, whether it's a conference championship, whether they're fighting for bowl eligibility, they're going to have a guy and maybe it already has happened. Uh, we know starters at, at, at Notre Dame and 
couple other schools across the country have had players have to sit out because of COVID. Um, but something's going to happen. And so I think, I feel like Oregon's going to, they're going to ride with whoever they pick as a starter. They're going to you know make sure he gets his reps, but if there's an opportunity to get the backup, some kind of playing time, that guy is going to get in there with the first unit to get himself prepared. And in, in the event that something happens to the starter, whether it's injury or COVID related, but the other group, what's that, what's that goal for them, for this group? For, for those you know four guys, the three freshmen and the walk-on, what is the expectation out of this group? Because there's four guys, and if you're unfamiliar with football practice at Oregon, if you've never been, and most of you probably haven't that listen to this show, um, they go through first team, second team, third team gets reps at the quarterback spot during team drills. Um, the uh, numbers – dwindle as you go down first team gets gets a good chunk of it second team they get a decent amount and the third team quarterback when they run 11 on air or 11 on 11 they may get one or two or three reps uh in that situation whereas second team guy gets maybe it's six or seven and the first team guy maybe gets 12 um what's going to be the expectation for that second tier group I think you've got, it's got to be a lot of evaluation and obviously Oregon recruited these players and signed these players and they, they know they have an idea of what they've got, but you, these, these, this season, I think, and just in general, I mean, even, even not with those three, but, but also with these other quarterbacks who they just frankly haven't seen in these roles, it's evaluating the fit. And I, I, I do think, and I mentioned it earlier and I, I do think it, it needs to be acknowledged that more than likely, one of those three guys is probably not going to finish their career at Oregon. And I'm not saying that's all this season's about is about figuring out who's going to transfer. But I, I do think at a certain point, it's going to be, uh, we're not, you, you, if you don't carry five quarterbacks expecting to play them all. And, and again, right. maybe in a weird COVID season, you end up playing three or four of them. And let's hope that's not the case. Um, but you're not going to play all five of them aren't going to play. And, and pr- most likely, probably only three are going to appear in games and, and, and unless they'll get to a point where they're just beating somebody down and they want to rotate through a bunch of them. Um, and so it's, it's about improving them as players. I think both Kale Mellon and Jay Butterfield physically are, are very thin and need to add significant weight. Um, I mean, Butterfield came in as a beanpole and Kale Mellon was dealing with that injury and kind of lost a year of, of, I think building his body out a little bit more. I know actually, I think he lost about eight, eight pounds in the off season. So um, those guys need to put on some weight physically. Obviously, you want to get them, fit, you know, comfortable with the offense. And it'd be interesting to see kind of where I know coaches said the offensive install is already in. I'd be curious to see kind of the, um, I guess, knowledge base that these backups have in it. But I think that's important. But again, I, I do think it's about evaluating and it's about learning of like, okay, Anthony Brown might not be on the team next year. And if he's not, one of these guys, assuming Kyler Shuck is the starter is going to have to be a backup probably unless it's Ty Thompson. Um, and they need to figure out kind of what that hierarchy looks like and figure out, okay, is it Kale? Is it Jay? Is it Robbie? I don't think it's going to be Bradley Yaffe at the walk-on, but w- what is it exactly? Who is it exactly that we think? And that would be the quarterback, by the way, that I think if you did ever play a third quarterback in a game that needs to get some reps. Um, and maybe that's part of it is, is that they are going to try to shuffle all three of those guys out there if they ever get to a situation, you know, if they get in situations where they are able to play a third quarterback in a game, they probably want, they'd probably like to see all three of them at least get some game reps. And I don't know if they're going to be, I think that's probably far-fetched given the nature of the season, unless Oregon's just routing everybody. 
um, which I think is probably a little bit too much to ask. So um, I think you just, you're evaluating, you're trying to learn. And, and to me, I think the big thing is you got to figure out of those three, which one is most likely to be the primary backup in 2021, um, assuming Anthony Brown, who we, we should say we've mentioned before, could in theory come back in 2021, but um, you kind of wonder where his head will be out after the season. All right, let's wrap this up with just kind of confidence level in this quarterback room. Do you feel like the guys that they have with the expectations of winning a conference championship and making the college football playoff, that's the expectation with this team, with this program. Um, I, I think every year they are to be asked, you need you need to compete for a conference championship, and by competing in a conference championship, you're thereby competing to make the college football playoff. That's the expectation, um, to be in that competition. And do you feel confident in the group that Oregon has assembled for the, for the 2020 season? Tyler Shuck, Anthony Brown, Kale Millen, Jay Butterfield, Robbie Ashford, Bradley Yaffe, those six, five scholarship. Are you confident with the group that they have to be able to do that? I am. And there's a pause there. And it's I was going to say, there's a pause. Well, it's for a reason. Cause you know, I, I would say my confidence isn't, I'm not like, I don't like using numbers like on a scale to, to say, but I, I'm, if it's, let's just say if it's low confidence, medium confidence, high confidence, probably like medium confidence, just because we haven't seen any of these guys do it. And that to me is the part that concerns me. And, and I, I think if we had seen a full spring and we'd seen a spring game and Tyler Shuck balled out, like I think we probably expected he would have, I'd probably have a different answer, but I, I just like, I literally haven't seen Anthony Brown in an Oregon uniform. I haven't seen Robbie Ashford in an Oregon uniform. And the, the, what I saw out of Tyler, Kale and Jay in the spring was pretty limited. So I feel like I'm lacking some information. And so I'll say, I, I think they're certainly capable and I certainly think they have the talent. I just have not physically actually been able to see really any of these guys in these kind of situations performing. So I think they can. Um, but, you know, and I will say like, if, if this offense isn't going to be very productive, it's probably because of quarterback player, offensive line play. I mean, I don't think it's going to come down to the running backs. I think CJ Verdell, we should note, I think 24-7 sports today, we released our um, like preseason picks. This was not Matt and Kevin and I, but this was the national desk. Um, and, and they picked CJ Verdell to be, I believe, Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year. Um, we can maybe on our running back show in a couple of days here discuss the merits of that. But they're going to have talent around whoever the quarterback is. But I just haven't seen enough of them yet to know exactly what they can do. So if there is a reason this offense kind of sputters or doesn't look great, it's probably going to be a, it, the, you know, the install didn't go very well. Moorhead's maybe not a good fit, which I don't expect to be likely, or it's going to be quarterback or offensive line. So um, pretty confident, but not like I'm not putting it in stone. I, I look at this group and think they just have to be able to manage the game. Like, yeah, I think Oregon has the talent at running back. They have a lot of pieces at the receiver core at the tight end position where uh, if given the opportunities to execute and, and to be aggressive, they could put up some numbers. Um, I, I, I think the offensive line's a concern for sure, because you have, you have five, you have five <laughs> starting positions and you have to replace the starter from at every single one of those spots from last year's team. Uh, right. That's automatically going to be a concern. It, it, it could, you know, it could take one, one game to, uh, quell those concerns, but going in like that's a, a scary situation. But I think your quarterback, all all you need him to do is protect the football, 
get the ball out to his playmakers and let them do what they do best. And if that, if the quarterback can do that and you don't have to say, we need you to play an A plus level game week in week out to win us a football game. I think Oregon's quarterbacks are, are in a really good position to be able to do that. Like I have very good confidence, very high confidence that Oregon's quarterbacks will be able to manage that expectation. If it becomes to the point of we're not going to be able to run the football, you have to elevate yourself to be one of the best quarterbacks in the country to, to put a product on the field that can win us this game and then consistently do that week in and week out. That's where my concern falls. Um, Oregon's going to have to be able to have some kind of a run game, I think, to be able to get the best out of their quarterbacks this year. I think Shuck or whoever wins the job, because they can be on the team for multiple years, but whoever wins the job, I, I think next year they'll be able to be in that position of, hey, you know what? Like our run game just isn't isn't it today or, or, or we've got some injuries for two weeks and we really need you to carry us. And the defense is going to know that you, we can't run the football and you're going to have to throw and you still have to be able to execute at the highest level. I think next year's team will be able to do that. This year's team needs to be able to have some kind of a run game consistently from what we know right now, maybe Shuck turns into that guy. Uh, maybe Anthony Brown turns into that guy, but going into the year, no, you know, no spring football, limited practices, uh, new quarterback, new offensive line, new system, Control the game. Don't ask the quarterback to do too much. And if if that's this, and if that's what's asked of him, they can do that. I think this team can can go on and win the conference championship. And I think they will. All right, that's going to do it for us today on this quarterback preview of the Oregon Duck football season 2020. A season is less than a month and away. Oregon is practicing. It's fall. We're almost all the way back. It's exciting times. Thank you for listening. For Eric Scopel, I'm Matt Prame. You've been listening to the Odds and Audibles podcast. Talk to you later, folks. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.